our guest, special guest in, and uh, she is great on many, many levels. But we're talking to her today because she is the SEN teacher, uh, grade one, two and three in Hueli and also years one and two in the international Wellington side. So you span the whole... Uh, the whole gambit of yes, yeah, I do. I'm everywhere. And you are looking. Uh, I just explained to people. There, some people might not know what SEN is. What is SEN, Grace? SEN stands for Special Educational Needs, and is basically any child that you need to provide extra support for or present things in a slightly different way uh, that may have barriers to their learning. That is what we do and we support children that's good. like that. That's good. Well, I, uh, as you know, we, we, we've spoken off microphone and uh, we're friends anyway. Yep. Um, I, I worked with the, with the SCN department in, uh, in Wellington, yep. both, both yep. in college and in the academy. And we used to use the radio to help. With, it's with, fantastic. It, it was great. It was really good. But, but what you're in today to talk about is dyslexia. You sent a lovely email and I, I'm going to do the course, actually. You should. I would recommend it for anyone who works with children in an educational setting and it's a great course really easy to access loads of information presented in little videos short videos for five minutes long each uh, with five modules and at the end of each module there's five questions multiple choice to consolidate your understanding and then you get a lovely certificate at the end of the course can you put it on the wall you can put it on the wall you can put it above your fridge <laughs> mantelpiece wherever you want to put it use it as a table mat now we were we were chatting off mic excuse me i getting tangled up in my headphones here uh we were chatting off mic uh about dyslexia and i and i was talking to you about my daughter she had she had phonic problems and stuff mm-hmm. like that but but i won't bore you, i won't bore you with that because you know all about that but it was helpful what you said but our conversation prior to coming on was you look after sen children and that my view might well was it must be difficult trying to help SEN children when we're in a bilingual environment is it uh yeah it definitely throws some challenges in there and some curveballs because it can be quite difficult to identify whether it is a language issue with learning English as a second language or whether it is uh something deeper a linguistic disability in general which is what dyslexia is essentially uh but the way that you can spot it is if the if the symptoms or the you know the markers are prevalent in both languages and any language uh so it's basically children receiving spoken and written information in different ways so they might forget certain things information might get a little bit jumbled up um reversal for letters things like that it's processing of linguistic information in written or spoken forms which people often forget about the spoken forms they think that it's just problem with reading and writing but actually it's also um, difficulties taking in uh, linguistic information well i must say i i worked with one young man who when when he was having a problem he would bang his head with his hands and it was so i just wanted to i thought how do i stop this what was causing it turned out he didn't understand what i was saying that, that was just it. So we, we then, le- I learned from that that I had to pitch what I was saying to him in a different way and it just worked really well. Yeah. I mean, it can be very frustrating for children with things like dyslexia because especially in 
countries where it's less well known, less talked about, seen as something negative. Um, it, it can be quite frustrating for them that they are trying hard. It's nothing to do with effort. It's just that the way that they're processing the information, there's a, there's a problem with it. Would you say that in China, because uh, you've you got experience in lots of countries, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, when you when you came and, and took over this role, because it didn't exist, have I got that right, that the SEN didn't exist here before you came? Uh, no, it's been in school since it started, but I only came into this role this year. Last year I was teaching grade two. Ah, right. And uh, you said the more you research it, mm-hmm. it, the more it excites you. Yeah, the more, I think, anything to do with special educational needs or neurodevelopment in general, I find incredibly interesting. And the more research that's done about it. When our daughter had this problem and she, she would read something, or we thought she was reading this book and she'd always read this book. And it turned out that she actually... That was the only thing, because we'd read that book to her in bed before she fell asleep, she memorised the whole book, and she'd even have her finger. Yeah, it's fantastic. Children, people with dyslexia are incredibly creative. They're really outside-of-the-box thinkers. People like Steve Jobs was dyslexic, Richard Branson's dyslexic, um, lots of actors, Keira Knightley, Tom Cruise, Albert Einstein was dyslexic, Really creative thinkers, Steven Spielberg, wow. dyslexic. They've got to come up with different ways of functioning and different ways of keeping themselves at the same level and giving themselves the same opportunities. So they really do think creative, creatively and have to go about things in a completely different way. When you discover a child has a problem yeah. and you discover what that problem is, how, how do the parents cope with that? Um, it's different. It's quite difficult because of the understanding and almost the education of everyone within the country. I've seen huge progress in that in the UK from when I started teaching to how it is now. That when someone says, I think your child might have dyslexia, there are fewer parents in the UK that get very upset about this or scared about it which there's really no need for that that to happen and it is purely through education and understanding of these these needs that will help parents understand that it's not anything bad there's not anything wrong that we're just finding creative ways to help teach their child my guest On the show is Grace, Grace Arnstein, and she's the SEN teacher for grade one, two, three in the Hueli, and also year one and two in International uh, Wellington College. Now, uh, we we, we talked about dyslexia. You mentioned some very famous people that suffer from dyslexia and overcame it. Which is brilliant, and they, you know, these these are A plus listers, aren't yes, they? they are. And that is just so so good. And I, I said we talk about techniques, and one of the things we spoke about off mic was how when you is it all right if I talk about yes, what of yeah course, yeah you ended up helping your best mate at university yeah, and you also said she helped you yeah. So my best friend at university is dyslexic, 
and she really struggled with some things at university, like if our PowerPoints were presented with black text on white backgrounds, she couldn't read them. So I would read them to her, whisper them to her, and then she'd tell me what it actually meant. So we were helping each other <laughs> like that. <laughs> that is great. Now, is, is there ever a point where a child, because uh, you said you've dealt with adults and children, is there ever a point where a child, um, because the child, we talked about this, a child sees something in a certain way, they've grown up with that if they are dyslexic. Yes. So they might not know that that's, that uh, it's any different to the way everybody yes, else sees it. Exactly. When When do they sort of... Or do they make the discovery that I'm not seeing this right? Um, some people never do make that discovery and other people will sort of find it out for them. My, my friend who has just finished medical school, so he's in his second year actually of being a medical intern in London. He um, got a dyslexia test last year and found out he was dyslexic, um, which, you know, he's 30 now. Wow. And um, he didn't realise that there was anything necessarily different. He realised that it took him a little bit longer to process some information and he struggled with his left and rights. But it wasn't until he did this test that he was then able to put some support in for himself. So some children, some people never notice it. Uh, I worked with a child in the UK, actually, who would move their head. Their head would stay straight when they were reading. And every time they got to the middle of the page, they would roll their head round and then it would carry on straight. And I asked the child why. And they said, well, the words go into a bump in the middle of the page. And he saw the words on a straight line, then going over a hill and then going straight again. All words every page that he had ever written and he just assumed that that's what everyone else saw and, and it wasn't until we saw his head movements when he was reading that we thought to ask him about it and that's what he said and we were like right okay and were you able to help him with that yes what did you do uh so we used colored overlays to reduce the visual stress and stop the the words moving and the the shape of them we gave him bigger font and different fonts there, there are certain fonts that are easier for people with dyslexia to read um what else did we do provided a lot of strategies for him to to put in place himself Great. with reading and spelling so that must make you feel good yeah it's nice it's i sort of feel felt then and still sometimes now feel like a little bit of a detective so it's like piecing together clues and lots of different bits of information and then trying to come up with the best strategies to help the person as much as you can. And I would imagine when you, you'll know when you've helped them because the person's uh, outlook will have changed. Oh, gosh. Their general well-being, their attitude towards learning, the, the difference can be absolutely huge. You know, a child who refuses to read anything within two weeks even with the right support and the right resources are reading full pages on on their own with with that you know those support systems that is so great absolutely absolutely we mentioned very famous people who who have and still have dyslexia but they they worked around it um do you find some people have coping strategies before they even get to you 
Yes, yes, lots of people do have coping strategies that they've come up with themselves before um, before even being flagged up, as it were. Um, but that comes part and parcel with the fact that people who are dyslexic have really creative minds and come up with completely different ways of doing things. We've, we here, it's very important that you're here. And uh, I was talking to Daisy yesterday and, and she mentioned yeah. you and said, you know, you're part of the support and well, well-being team. Yes. I think that's really great that, that well-being, making sure that the child is and not just the child it's it's the staff as well but but we're talking about the children yes. now M- making sure that they feel comfortable in their in their learning and that's that's great because i was talking to somebody uh, recently about education not in this country but in, in a few countries and they said um well it was never they were never bothered whether the child w- w- was happy or well well being right. you know not whatever the word is uh, <laughs> Happy in their role. Happy, yeah. Yeah. Um, that didn't come into it. it was, can you learn this? Can you say this? Can you do mm-hmm. this by rote? But now I, I, I do a thing where I speak to all the kids when I see them. I say, you having a good day? And there's not one child says to me, no, I'm having a terrible day. They all say, yeah, did this and did that. So there really is a nice nice feeling a well-being feeling yeah. that i'm picking up and you know i do speak to a lot of children yeah. and i'm sure if they were upset somebody would somebody would say something wouldn't they yeah i mean that's that's the thing i also ask the children how they're doing if they're having a good day or especially children that i taught last year i know them quite well so i can tell if they're having a bit of an off day and it's, it can be something as simple as do you want to talk to me about it for a couple of minutes should we go and read a book for a couple of minutes, take your mind off things? What What do you want to do? But acknowledging that not every day is going to be fantastic and that's okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Now, you were talking to me off, off my... We do a lot of our talking off my... <laughs> we do uh, talk a lot. <laughs> you were talking about uh, glasses, spectacles, uh, overlays where coloured, uh, like... Um, clear, clear, if you imagine a clear piece of plastic, only it's a colour. It might be orange. Yes. could be... How do you specify what's the colour for a particular person? It's not all the same, is it? No, it's not. So I um, do an overlay test and I always start with asking the child what their favourite colour is because chances are when they've got options of green, pink, orange, blue, purple and they say pink, when you test the different colours, they'll say, I want the pink one. Uh Not necessarily because it helps them read more fluently or improve their stamina with reading but just because they like pink so I always make sure to ask what their favorite color is before I start and if I have grasped what their favorite color is then I will ask them which they felt better reading with Um, I'll also monitor their fluency and their stamina with reading and the number of errors that they make with different um, different colors and sometimes it happens if I use like a yellow overlay that the child will just say I can't read with with that, I can't see the words. Um, so actually, it's it's a lot of feedback, but it's also a lot of teacher judgment and training that I have done uh, in this to to identify, you know, which one is going to be the most beneficial for them. You're very passionate about it, aren't you? I am. I am. I think that's very good. There's a, in fact, everyone I meet in the school, I'm not just saying this because we're in the school, <laughs> everyone I meet is very passionate about whatever their speciality is or whatever they're doing with the children. And I think 
Well, I suppose it's down to the recruitment as well, isn't it? If, yes. if you don't fit in, you wouldn't get the job. No, that would make sense. I suppose. Yeah. That's sort of unravelling that little <laughs> ball. Um, we're going to talk about um, dyslexia from the, from the point of view of when, when a child is here in this school and will eventually move on to higher education or further education. It could be either in this country or anywhere in the world these days, yeah. barring COVID. But you, you, you understand what I mean. Um, do you, as the SEN teacher, or does the school write a report that goes with the child to let the next establishment know that the young person has a problem? So... In most countries, actually, you can get full educational, psychoeducational reports done for a myriad of different needs. So they they would be done externally. So uh, different organisations would do would test for different things, and they would get a formal report of a diagnosis of dyslexia or autism or dyspraxia. Um, so that would be a formal report that that would be with them that they can then take to wherever they go next um, and tell them all of the information. I see. So, so in other words, the child carries it with them and doesn't have to go through the whole... No, they don't have to go through the diagnosis procedure all over again. Good, no, once, good. Once well, they've got it and... Well, that's very good because sometimes, you know, when you go to see a new doctor or you've got to go through, yes. uh, what about this and this and this and this and this? That's good. That's yeah. good. And um, what about um, working with colleagues in and around other establishments uh, and other countries? Do, do, do you, as the SEN person, deal with that? You, do you know what's going on in other schools around the world? Um, I, with SEN? Yeah, yes, yeah. I try and keep up. To, I'm a bit of a nerd, really. And I just do a lot of reading and try and keep up to date as much as possible with, you know, the latest strategies and different improvements in this or that. Like I've been doing a lot of reading recently about the impact of COVID and how that has had such a negative impact on children with SEN because it means that they can't access certain support that they had initially. So I'm doing a lot of uh, sort of extra reading around that, which is then obviously helping me with my job. Um, and ensuring that I can provide the best possible support for the children in our school. Well, if I had dyslexia, I'd want to be sorted out by <laughs> you. Um, just before uh, we, we finish, going to play, play a tune. Could you uh, let, let people know what that course was again and how to get on it? OK, so the course is called Understanding Dyslexia from an organisation called Nessie. And I did send an email out to everyone with a, a link of a Word document. So if you do want to take part in the course, just write your name and your email address on there and I will sign you up. Uh, the name that you put on there will be the name that appears on your certificate at the end. It's a really great course. I also put a, I, I attach two ebooks that you can buy off Amazon, but because of it being Dyslexia Awareness Month, um, I signed up and got them for free ebooks. Um, so I attach those to the email and there is also a short 20 minute uh, film about the guy who set up the organisation, Nessie, and his mum. He has dyslexia and the film is called Michael and it's all about how his mum helped him get equal education within school um, and helped him support that. Uh, even though he had quite severe dyslexia. Wow, and he's now supporting everybody else. Yes. Yeah, that's just so, so good. 
So good. Let's play uh, something from The Honeycombs, quite old record, but great record. And um, we'll have a little chat. Have you got any more to, ch- to, ch- to talk about? Well, actually, uh, to be honest, we, I could talk to you all day. I know, I can well, talk I tell you all day what, as well. I tell you what, we, w- would you, from uh, the point of view of your, your SEN side, would you come in and, and give us updates on a regular basis if I you can? I certainly can do, yes. Great, Lovely. great. Any excuse to see you, Baz. (laughs) What a smoothie this girl is. (laughs) 